Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Okay, uh, it's a, a momentous occasion uh, for us. This is the, the first ever episode of It's Pretty Okay. 287 times previous to this, we have recorded with, you know, I think if you do the math and account for the time that it was just you and me, and then Pierce, and then the time then when Max joined us, and, and now Kevin has entered the fold too, and we've had some guests on it probably adds up to about uh 900 ish total host episodes something like that uh and this is the first one where any participant has been married congratulations kevin yeah thank you yeah we had we had the wedding this weekend we uh kind of hit all extremes of the weather but i think a good time (laughs) was had by all um lots of leftover beer that i have to i think i will donate to my friends who i've got plenty of other weddings to go to this fall so um but yeah i mean i've i'm now getting used to to wearing a ring on my finger and if um the sports world has any indication that means that everything i did up until last saturday was meaningless and I was a piece of shit, but now, <laughs> now my life is justified, and I've got a leash. Uh, you know, I've got like you know a bit of a, a leash on the, anything I do for the next, you know, four years or so. So that's pretty cool, I guess. Well, and but not only that. Importantly, following that same logic, someone like say I, I don't know Newt Gingrich, who has. I don't know if earned is the correct verb, but has acquired several different rings over the course of Mm -hmm. his life Mm -hmm. is, I don't know, three times better a person than you are. Um, Elizabeth Taylor is, is really a, a, a goat any way you cut it. um, (laughs) I feel like this analogy is, yeah, I feel like this analogy starts to fall apart somewhere. Um, But yeah, we've, we've sort of, the three of us have talked about, doing a pot on this for for quite a while uh and and i think have been sort of waiting for uh for i don't know if something like max to be on a, a cross-country road trip mm-hmm. yeah. uh which we we've had several bites at that apple this year <laughs> uh, so it's it's a little strange that we've waited this long uh but but we wanted to talk about that idea that really pervades and i think particularly pervades uh, basketball culture for some reason yes. uh, that if you have not won a championship uh, everything that happened that season is null and void nothing happened not, or at least nothing worth happening happened and you should go back to the drawing board and I don't know the uh, I think the three of us generally tend to root for uh, for for teams that I don't know aren't worth a damn uh, by that by that metric, so it feels 
uh, like something that we were kind of destined to push back on because if we don't push back on it, then what's the point of us even watching basketball in the first place? Yeah, I think the term we were discussing is rangs, (laughs) R-A-N-G-Z. Um, well, some num- pop- some number of Z's. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to just be one. <laughs> Calamurney made, made popular, I think, by <clears throat> uh, and you know this is the part where I say up front that like you know if if you think if you think it is too soon to to mention Kobe and rings culture in a negative light, I would just get out now because. I feel like that's where a lot of the negativity comes from is like people who would always rely on this discourse, usually on Twitter of like, well, they don't have as many rings as as is Kobe. And, um, you know, I know he would also join in on that and would have like five time champ all the time and everything. And I don't know. There's I just look at it from the start of like, here we are in this age of basketball where there are so many really great individual players so so players and there are great teams and teams maybe made up of a few individually great players and so we're taking this this team award which is which is a championship and like we are saying that to be a good individual player you have to have won these team championships and there's a lot of like a plus b plus question mark equals this thing and it's a really crappy um uh way to view people that does not in maybe doesn't think about all those other things between the end and that that a and b yeah it's it's such a it's such an obviously silly framework to look at something like sports through i kind of i don't know i can wrap my head around it because at the start of the season, at least on paper, every team is trying to win a championship. If you ask any player from any team what their goal for that season is, they're probably going to tell you it's to win a championship. But, like, the NBA has 30 teams, and in any given season, there are, what, between three and seven teams that have anywhere approaching a viable shot at winning there might be more teams that go into a season nakedly trying to lose games than there are that have a real chance to win a title and so if if that's the only way that you can conceptualize success then you know I, I hope you're a fan of the Lakers, I, I guess. Yeah. But and it's it's silly too because it's I think yeah, I think in basketball we still entertain this notion that like Luka Luka Doncic or someone like that can put the entire team on the back and win a championship basically by by themselves. Um and that's just that's not how it has ever worked and it's just it's i think it's really this fantasy i mean certainly in the the modern era uh, i mean it, i mean even wilt chamberlain couldn't win by himself and if he couldn't do it then then i mean i think this is it's a crazy notion but it's it fits into 140 characters right but he has won some and mm-hmm. 
so like and if and if he hadn't then that, that that's the whole idea is like if he hadn't have won any then all of a sudden now he's like the worst player of all time uh or you know that a bit that's a bit extreme but even if you look at this past season people were absolutely roasting the bucks and they were like well yeah maybe this Giannis guy like isn't that good um Dude, people were doing then that after game the, two of the finals this year. Yeah, right. And then, like, and, you know, really, if uh, the thing that people go back to is, like, well, the, the Kevin Durant shot, if his if he was two inches back, Giannis is eliminated. But now, like, Giannis, rightfully, Giannis is going to be, like, appreciated. But if Kevin Durant would have been two inches back, then Giannis would have been fighting for the next 20 years to win a ring or no one would have cared about him. Right. Those Those two things can be true at the same time. It is... A fairly incontrovertible fact that if Kevin Durant wore the correct size shoe, it's not even like if he stood farther back. It's something as minute as if he wore the right size shoe instead of going a size up for comfort, you know, that shot would have been a three. They would have won. And, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe we would be uh, maybe maybe we would finally be more open as a, a basketball fan culture to the idea that Kevin Durant is probably one of the like 10 to 15 best players that's ever laced up a pair of shoes. But, but like it doesn't, it doesn't totally matter because we didn't go down that path. It's not so, what happened. So I think this, this makes me think back to, to, to two things and, and to get to the first one, um, which should be evident, which is, the narrative works way better when we focus on the season long journey and do you finish, you know, how do you finish the book? How did the last season go? As opposed to appreciating it for what it is, which is like Kevin Durant played out of his mind and like that was spectacular and, and we should appreciate that. It's also nice that Giannis took it to another level in the NBA finals. Oh, and he happened to win a ring there, but like, you know, watching it, this is great. But it, I don't know. It also makes me think back to to Kevin when we would go to Wizards games, and there would be these long twos taken, and they would go in. And I always think back to that because it's like, do not be results based. It's like, was that thing good? You know, Robert Ori has many many rings, but. Like, he is not, like, a phenomenal player. Like, you would never say he was a better player than Charles Barkley. But Charles Barkley is not in the ranks conversation because he has zero. Well, I'd argue that Charles Barkley is a central figure in the ranks yeah. conversation precisely because yeah. he has zero. Um, he is not part of the club. Yeah, it's, it's like, yes. it's, it's not an exact target. So, like, people aren't comparing Robert Ori to Charles Barkley. But they might do something like compare, uh, you know, like... Isaiah Thomas to Charles Barkley and Isaiah you know I obviously didn't spend much time watching those players but um, you know I think a lot of people would just automatically regardless of anything else put Isaiah above Barkley because of the rings yeah Yeah, it's at the same time at the same time you know I, I, I think it's important to to say that in a way, uh, Pierce, what you have described from, from your wizards days, uh, I, I'm going to make a case that that is in fact the same thing you were, when you bitch about long twos that Mm -hmm. went in, you are doing the exact same thing. 
you are closing off avenues for something to be good and enjoyable. Uh, the <laughs> point to are not good and enjoyable. The, but. the point of the game is to score points. Scoring points is good. Now, are there more efficient ways to score the points? Of course there are. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, you know, we're we're living in the most ruthlessly efficient uh, time in baseball history. And Ugh. baseball is unwatchable horseshit. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, that's like, uh, yeah, you're, you're right. Be- um, because I, I think we're, yeah. we've handed the keys to the game over to a bunch of, you know, Ivy League educated McKinsey Jags and told them for 20 to 50 years, you must only be process based. You cannot be results based. And as a result, they've made, you know, they've, they've furthered this inane trend of fans deciding that they are also part of the front office and approaching things as though they are some like mid-level you know dwight Mm -hmm. Schrute assistant to the general manager and you know as a result that like that's how you wind up with schmoes like you and me you know counting like counting jr smith's money which is just horrible it's bad for everyone involved it's bad process that's a bad result too Mm -hmm. uh and, and so like i part of it for for me is like you just sometimes you have to be able to disengage and enjoy something good happening for it being good and the i can't think of a better example than um than this past season when anthony edwards threw down like a, a dunk that i think could only you know can only be described as violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he vaporized poor Yuta Watanabe. And uh, Nate Duncan, who is a, a very intelligent and, and knowledgeable uh, sort of stats and analytics-focused NBA person on Twitter, had the gall, the audacity to tweet in response something about Anthony Edwards poor three point percentage (laughs) and in that moment no one has ever in the history of Twitter deserved more to be fired out of a cannon into the surface of the sun because it doesn't matter whether Anthony Edwards shoots threes at an efficient Mm -hmm. clip that isn't his purpose. And I think we're really bad at evaluating purpose, which comes Mm -hmm. back to, to the central point of this whole conversation. Not every team's viable purpose in every season is to win a championship because only one can do it. And only, you know, five have a, a reasonable shot anyway and so like we just we need to do better we need to have perspective and perspective is like a dirty word now but like mm-hmm. you know you have to be able to step back 
and say there's something more than just whether we won a championship or not. You know, I don't. It, if you played sports in in high school, you probably also had uh, a coach that said corny stuff like, you know, there's only one team that ends the season on a win. And the truth is, that's not true. There's only one team that makes the playoffs and ends the season on a win. Um, but but you, when you get a little older, you're like, wait a second, no, plenty of teams <laughs> end the season with a win. Yeah. They just end it earlier. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think it's, it makes sense that it's most pervasive in the NBA, but kind of like when you bring up baseball, like it, I do think it creeps into, to every sport. Um, and I guess not necessarily in terms of how GMs structure their teams or whatever, but just in terms of the, um, the fan perspective. So, uh, for example, um, the, the UVA basketball situation uh, is viewed completely differently, even though we had a freak amazing play at the end of the Elite Eight, uh, two or a nice ref call and a dumb foul in the Final Four game, and then kind of a blown defensive assignment in the championship game. And if those three things don't happen, then the UVA basketball program is just viewed 100% differently. And that, and that is where, to kind of come back to this, um, you, you know, I, I will say, like, the the ultimate thesis here is the number of rings you have is, is a really bad metric because of all that process that Kevin just went over. Whereas, like, this and that can lead to it. I mean, what is, is it Billy and, Bean who, who yeah. said the, the playoffs are, are a crapshoot? And you know he's he's not he's not wrong, especially in a in a sport that's 162 games long, and then you play more games. Um, you know, so so that is that is there. Go ahead, Kevin. I was just saying, can you imagine Sean? Like, what people would be saying about Drew Brees if he didn't win the the one Super Bowl? Like, it would be with the onside kick oh, at the start of the I, second I, half. I, yeah, I gotta. I I have to say that I don't think. I I think it would be less different than what they say about him now than you might think. Plenty of people think of him as like a, a compiler who mm-hmm. has incredible record book type stats just because he played for a long time and threw the ball a gazillion times, which like, that's not, that's not wrong. It's, but, you know, but it's not the only thing. That's That's my, and that's my thing. I don't, I don't know that I think winning championships is a bad metric per se you just have to use it in the right way it can't be the only metric it's probably a good well i say good it's probably a fine part of the discussion when you're talking about you know players of a similar stratum and like who who is parsing out who is the best among the best players of all time like that can be part of the discussion but you know robert ori has more rings than Kobe Bryant. You can't, there needs to be more context. And yeah. and that's that leads me to this, which is, I think of two examples. One I had written on here that actually had one ring and another that, that had zero rings, um, Jerry West and, and Carl Malone. And to your point, Sean, about the counting stats and like what Drew Brees did um, and, and people like that, it's like, 
Yeah. So, so the person played for a long time. They continue to perform at a a high level for a long time. I mean, that's that's laudable, even if you think, well, they threw it more. But but the thing is, I think about with West and especially Carl Malone. And I was just reading something in True Hoop earlier today about people getting better at dribbling. You can get better at dribbling. You can get better at shooting. You can get better at many different things. Carl Malone was phenomenal at, at so many things. What else was he supposed to do? And that's the thing where, like, if you want to talk about how great a player is, there are these, I guess you'd call them intangibles, and it ends up someone someone wins a ring. They are in the right place, in the right part of the process at the right time. But, like, Carl Malone couldn't, like, him making his game better, which he probably couldn't do in any real way, real measurable way, that is not what makes a difference so you can add that rings metric. Okay. I... I... I get what you're saying. I think you have picked a uniquely bad example because there is a well-documented record of Carl Malone being an incredible regular season player and a mediocre playoff player. Like, he got markedly worse in the playoffs. And so, like, you know, he is he is a useful he is a useful case in that um he oh my god sorry we got to interrupt the pod for for live breaking news uh which is that so far none of none of us got covid uh at your wedding but you know who does have covid joe rogan wow <laughs> shocker uh, oh life is good you know where he got it um that it's gonna Come be on, good take a guess um, I don't know. Probably a Buffalo Wild Wings. It's, it's a state. What state did he get? It uh, oh, in? Florida. Florida. You got yeah, it Florida. baby. <laughs> Give it to me. Put it in my veins. Joe Rogan got COVID in Florida. No, no don't. Don't put it in your veins because then <laughs> no, you'll get the five G. The, the content, not the not the coronavirus. Um. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, Carl Malone is a useful case in that, uh, by any more reasonable accounting is one of the greatest players ever Uh, where he fits on that list in the pantheon for me is why like that's where the you know at some point you have to use some sort of intangible metric if you're trying to parse these minuscule differences between the 20 greatest players ever. Like if you're, if you are going to try to rank them somehow, then you may well find yourself in a position where you need to, to look at this stuff. And maybe that's an argument for trying to rank the greatest ever is a, a silly and fruitless task. And no one should do that. Maybe that's the thing that's poisoning all of this. So, so then, yeah, then is, so I would ask both of you, but starting with you, Kevin. So like LeBron James has four NBA championship rings. Um, Michael Jordan has six. Um, Magic Johnson probably has four too. Kobe Bryant, we know, has, has five. Jerry West, that I mentioned earlier, has one. I think like Elgin Baylor and Will Chamberlain also, I think, only have one. The way I look at it is like, 
that four, five, six difference does not matter as much if we're talking about, Sean, to your point, great players as the one versus four. Mm. I think mm-hmm. it's like if you assume yeah. if you assume a level of greatness, like we're talking about great players, then that additional metric, I think, is is what matters. And like in the NFL, it might be just getting one because like what else was Aaron Rodgers supposed to do for the last decade plus? So yeah, I, mean, I think it's like conduct an active mutiny against his coach. I mean, did he? Not, we don't know that he didn't. I think he did try. Well, to I do mean, that they, on... they kicked a field goal, so we know that if, even if he did, it wasn't successful. Uh-huh. But I think so. The the thing that makes the NBA interesting is that, it, or different with a lot of these, is that uh, every individual player has a bigger impact on the team's success, and it has the best four out of seven. So like with a lot of like with football, you have the one game elimination that can be that can throw things for a loop. And in baseball, one player does not um, make that big of a difference. So I think that's probably I mean, that makes sense why it's most pervasive in basketball. But yeah, I think it, it, it like if you are a player of LeBron's caliber, LeBron has four because he was able to get to the finals so many times like he was able to, you know, he, he was so good that he was able to get, you know, give his team like that many, that many shots at it. Whereas like maybe some of the players that only won, you know, one or whatever, they, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it definitely is a good, good way to separate players from each other. And like Tim Duncan, um, you know, as long as they were core contributors to the team and not like Robert Ory. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get to say like fake erudite stuff. Like I'm pretty sure LeBron is the best basketball player I've ever seen but I'm not sure if he's the greatest. Yeah, well, you know, I think the whole the whole term goat should just, it should be put onto a barge, and the barge should be lit on fire and then sent <laughs> into space. Well, Viking funeral for the goat, yeah. But then if you say stuff like that and your, your friends are actually friends, they punch you in the solar plexus. Mm-hmm. And, and I should say, we've given a lot of time to, to team sports and individual sports, as someone who watched a lot of golf growing up and, and will occasionally turn it on, the greatest player not to win a major, I think that it is different when you get into to individual sports because you are playing other individuals and especially ones where there's an open field like that where especially golf where it's just you're all going out there on the, the same conditions for the most part. And you get four cracks a year. And, and you get four cracks a year. It's like the point is to win and you that metric has an outsized impact as opposed to this and i would say probably the same for tennis though you do play people one-on-one but i think there it's like winning is so integral to the measurement of you as a as a good or not good player yes and and tennis you're right the tennis is different because you have a direct head-to-head opponent even though you play in a group with other competitors in golf like you know, no one, no one can try to swat your putt away. Um, you know, no one, uh, no one can like you know sit in the stands while you're running around the track and 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 try to like hit you in the Achilles with a, a slingshot. Um, so so there's not, you know, there's not sort of direct pushback against you doing things the best you can and and so it's much easier to use 
sort of you know high profile victories like that as a you know as a measuring stick or as the measuring stick more more importantly because again you know as long as it's properly contextualized and i think that's what we're saying as long as it's properly contextualized the championship debate is a viable one we just do a really shit job of contextualizing it properly well i was i was actually thinking that um you know there are there are obviously outliers but i feel like for the most part it's actually kind of like it kind of works like like again, like let's look at like looking at quarterbacks. Like oh, Peyton Manning he won two. Russell Wilson won one. Aaron Rodgers won one. Yeah, Joe Flacco won one. But like, you know, Drew Brees won one. Um, in baseball, like the Nationals won a, a championship. The Dodgers won one. Speaking the of Royals the Royals, won one. So. Sorry, I have to I have to interrupt with more breaking news. I, I <laughs> which is that Nationals uh, VP Bob Boone. Has, has quit the team over a vaccine mandate. So oh. just... <laughs> Big episode. <laughs> I just... But, <laughs> but, but yeah, I'm just, I just... Like, I think oftentimes you can you can maybe get away with the rings argument and actually, you know, maybe it makes sense. Um, but you have to... Cont- if you're going to, you know, either brag or, you know give someone shit for the outliers you have to you have to put it put it in context but i think it's like a bell curve you know well where what is the proper contextualization for the fact that i think now um bob boone stands alone atop the career leaderboard for uh rage quits rather than following a basic public health mandate I mean, what about he, John is, Smoltz? Is he the goat? Is he the goat of that? John John Smoltz and Al Leiter would like to submit to you their entries as as people who who now work from home only for MLB Network. Fair but, enough, but is, that's uh, that's neither here nor is, there. Is, is Tom is Tom Brenneman the the goat of nope. saying gay slurs on a live mic on television? Uh, no, nope. hard to say. I I guess to 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 bring it back into to at least for me I feel like we've created a rule a bit here is like for team sports I think that this is a useful metric if if people are already in that echelon of of great um no matter how much it pains me like yes Eli Manning won two Super Bowls but don't compare him to other people who have won two Super Bowls versus people who have won one. No, we're talking about like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and, and Peyton Manning. They all won Super Bowls. Let's compare them that way. And like the 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 gap between Jerry West and LeBron in terms of titles does matter. But like maybe it doesn't really matter if you have four versus six. Like we've established that you you checked off that metric. So that can almost dissolve away and then we can really look at like what did you what did you do in your in your actual self so my my one counterpoint to that is that i do think that uh comparing eli manning to the other quarterbacks that have won two super bowls two super bowls is a useful tool uh because it is a viable conclusion to reach that it's pretty likely that Eli Manning is the worst quarterback that has ever won two Super Bowls. 
It's uh, even... Have you met Phil Sims before? Another <laughs> giant quarterback who went to Super Bowls. Well, I you know, I, while while we're on the subject of of flawed uh, flawed measurement systems for for determining who was good at something, you know, I uh, I don't know. I'll have to I'll have to have the intern take a look at uh, Phil Sims' career touchdown and interception numbers. All I'm saying is, if you don't like Eli Manning, you're not going to like the the next oh. version of Eli Manning, which is Jameis Winston on your as your starting quarterback. No, well, n- no, you know what? No, because Jameis Winston is entertaining. I don't know. Eli threw some pretty entertaining interceptions that Jameis also also delves into that bag. Yes, Kevin. Yeah. Well, I was, I was just saying. Then also, you have you can't. Um, when Russell Westbrook wins a gets a ring or a rang next year, um, that, that doesn't mean that you were right in any of your defense. <laughs> don't don't be results based. Like I said, I will be consistent. Don't be results based. Yeah, you I, you are correct that Phil Simms was was worse than Eli Manning. Uh, yeah. I think, but I think what we've learned from this, uh, if anything, is just that. Uh, no no new york giants fan should should be able to to respect themselves very much well it depends if there are any jets fans at the table <laughs> touche uh yeah i guess uh i guess giant fans feel around jet fans the way that steelers fans feel around most everyone else or something like mm-hmm. that Did i get that analogy right um one for the thumb well, any, anyway, now that, now that we're making tortured analogies uh, about uh, football teams sitting at tables, I think it's time to move on to Pierce Asari. So what are you apologizing for this week? So I had to buy milk the other day. Um, and so this is both an inward, I have found, and, and most importantly, an outward uh, apology. Because... I went to the store and I was tasked with buying this. Others in my household are bigger dairy drinkers, so maybe are more discerning with with what the labels and everything look like. But I generally know what the carton looks like, and we buy organic milk. And I know it looks different than the plastic kind jugs with the with the colored top. Anyways, so I got to buy it, and I noticed that it was five dollars, which I'm like, that is too much for this. But I think that is how much it costs. Well, I came home only to find my mistake, which I immediately apologized for and was really upset with myself for because I felt like an old person who doesn't know how much bread costs and goes to the store and buys the wrong bread or whatever. And was like, why is it $8 now or something? What happened is, is the, the carton did look like the organic one, but it was also lactose free, which at that point... I have enough problems with with dairy anyways. I'm like, why are we still drinking this? This is silly. We are adults. This is for small mammals or like, you know, close to to birth mammals. Well, here's the thing. While I am sorry for buying the wrong thing, if I'm going to be eating cereal and I'm trying to enjoy it as much as possible as an adult who probably shouldn't be drinking, you know, cow dairy anymore, Maybe lactose-free is the way to go. Maybe I should have been doing this the whole time. Maybe that's the way to enjoy dairy without getting an upset stomach. This is all to say we should really revisit our choices, and sometimes it's a nice mistake to buy the wrong dairy. 
But if someone asks you to buy something, that is not the time to experiment. So for that, I am sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, why wise words about lactose, I suppose. Uh, all right. Don't do it. Yeah. Uh, well, I... I don't know. I, I feel like blurting out that Joe Rogan got COVID uh, really foreclosed uh, the chance at a, an excellent big idea from pop culture. But we'll we'll uh, we'll close with one anyway. Uh, I don't know. The easy the easy way out would be to uh, to say that my big idea from pop culture this week is Kevin and Julia's wedding cake, which was delicious. Uh, but. I will also say save that save that for Max so he can talk about the twenty eight pieces he ate. <laughs> I would I I didn't even talk to him when he was eating it. He just looked like he was ill. <laughs> By the time you saw him, he had already eaten at least three pieces. I'm certain. I, I think that is correct. I don't know that he ate more than three. I think he might have only had three. But but at any rate. Um, <laughs> We are also living in a world where uh, Bishop Sycamore exists. And you'll note that all I said is the name because I don't think you can uh, confidently and correctly call it a school. Uh, It is more a a collection of of people, uh, including a coach actively facing an arrest warrant and uh, adult players who were not at all in high school who wound up uh, playing a a nationally televised game against IMG Academy, which is a uh, sports factory. And they Mm -hmm. got waxed. Yes. Like 58 nothing waxed. They do not. Bishop Sycamore, no relation. Um, also has did not have enough players to have 11 on each side of the field. So not only were people playing offense, defense, they had played two days before. Yeah. So, uh, but... And the, they only have one jersey. <laughs> yeah. But the big idea from pop culture is not Bishop Sycamore. It's that... Uh, John Skipper was on the Levitard show today and uh, was was asked uh, a, a question that I think was on a lot of people's minds, which is, how, how does ESPN let this happen? And while it's not an incorrect question to ask, uh, he gave the correct response, uh, which was, I, I don't. I don't really know. That's kind of like asking the the CEO of Walmart to to know when someone's dog shits on aisle thirteen of the Fayetteville store. Um, and and he pointed out that you know it, with with all of their programming needs, ESPN is essentially programming ten to twelve hours of content per hour. Uh, and, and so sometimes you, you farm stuff out to a a partner and they, they burn you by not really doing their due diligence on a quote unquote school. Uh, but you know, I, I, I just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the imagery It's especially delivered in, in such a wonderfully smoky North Carolina drawl. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, John John Skipper has been making fairly frequent appearances on the Levitar show, which is great. I it's it's nice to see how uh, how Metal Arc Media has been uh, has been rolling out. It seems like they are partnering with uh, Spencer Hall and the Shutdown Full Cast Gang on some stuff this college football season, which I am deeply excited about. Um, and yeah, I just the the pirate ship rolls along. So, uh, if you are a, a fan of uh, sports, but maybe not so much like Mike Greenberg, uh, I think that I think that the the Meadowlark uh, universe has has some stuff you will probably enjoy. Uh, nah, okay, I, my sports must have gambling in them. <laughs> There's dude, they're backed by DraftKings. Three years, yeah, 50 I mean, mil. Yeah. Well, I know, I know they are, but I feel like that was... Anyways, it's for yeah. a different time. Uh, yes, because that is the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can uh, subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. I think we're in all the usual places. We're on Apple. We're on uh, Spotify. We're on... I guess we're not on SoundCloud anymore, uh, but... You know who is? Yeah, you can you can find us most places that people listen to podcasts. Uh, if you get us there, please leave a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. <laughs>